Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. Welcome, welcome to week four of the series, Live Ready, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us with our lead pastor, Antoine Lasseter. Old folks used to say, I'm glad to be in the number. One more time. And so thank you for worshiping with us. Um, let's get right into the word of God. Live ready. How many have been living ready since this message? All right. Okay. Hopefully by the time the series ends, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be living ready. So let's turn into 1 Peter uh, chapter number 2. Uh, man, God is good, man. And I just, just we just love him. And so First uh, Peter uh, chapter 2. Now, this is our fourth week, I believe, uh, live with hope. So anytime uh, you, you preach a message, um, uh, what you discover is sometimes you're in it, um, sometimes you're not, uh, but the word of God finds us all. So maybe uh, you have been living with hope. Maybe you haven't, but the word of God finds us. And so the first week we, we spoke live with hope. And then uh, Pastor Ramon uh, walked with us through living holy. Mm-hmm. Holiness is still right. And then live as strangers, right? That this place uh, is not our home. Like we love this church, but you got a home that you're going to after service. And so like that, we live as strangers. We are just passing by. First uh, Peter chapter two, uh, verse uh, number eighteen. Uh, let's just start with verse number thirteen. I'm sorry. Submit to every human authority hmm, because of the Lord whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. We can help keep a whole lot of people mouth closed if we do good. Uh, uh, Submit as free people. Not using your freedoms as a cover up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Let me just pause right there and let that sink in. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear. God and honor the emperor. Now, in a world of influencers, curators of lifestyles, uh, the the mastering selfies, uh, getting multiple likes and follows, the worst word you can arguably begin a message with is submit. Oh, I got my work cut out for me today. See, I've just lost half of my audience till because I use the word submit, because this is the 21st century, and I ain't got to submit to nobody. I'm grown. So here's another pastor talking about submission. In a day where individualism is promoted and personal fulfillment is 
uh, is sought after. Submission is the one word I don't or we don't want to bring up. Nope. Don't want to do it. Because when Peter instructs us to live with hope, to live holy, to live as strangers, and today's message is to live as servants. And who in the world, I mean, most of us outside of my son, Justin, does not work at Chick-fil-A where it is their pleasure to serve us. And so for many of us, serving is not a pleasure unless we serve in our own terms. But when you split that little word, submit, and authority, and so... uh, But in order for us to work through this, I have to borrow Peter. And Peter, remember, Peter, uh, Peter Papa Pig, Peter um, reminds us that of who we are. Because it seems like it's progressively getting more challenging. I mean, I got to live with hope. Okay, I got to live holy. Okay, isn't that the Lord's responsibility? I just need to, I need to surrender. I got to live as strangers. I get it that there's, a, that there's a small space of time where I'm living. Live as servants. So Peter has to remind us to look through the lens of eternity and have our eyes on Jesus. And this is what makes serving more palatable. Uh, J- Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, if is the biggest word in the English dictionary. If you love me, keep my commandments. So we are to love Jesus by obeying, but there's something something deeper than just obedience. First word is commitment. Commitment is an internal resolve. So when we get married and we are committed, it's internal resolve. But dedication is the behavior that follows. Devotion is the intersection of the two. It's internal and external. In other words, my uh, commitment is displayed by how dedicated I am. And my devotion marries the two. So Jesus is the breath of who we are. And we love him. And we serve him, we follow him, and we learn from him. So when he says in John chapter 14, verse 23, if a man loves me, he will keep my words, we get it. We are to live as strangers, knowing others, mainly the non-believers in the world, will be witnesses to how we conduct ourselves, according to 1 Peter 2 and 12. And that's why he says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles. There's always someone watching. So when we get upset with our bosses, and you know, we give our opinion because, hey, that's my right. Somebody's watching, somebody's watching, somebody's watching, and somebody's listening. So our good talk must be in sync with our good walk. It's the synchronization of it. So uh, I'm a Christ follower, and how I live should display not only through my words, but through my behavior. Here's one point I just want you to write. We are God's advertisement. 
Yeah. Somebody repented right there. <laughs> right there. Because we are products of grace. And we are billboards of redemption. And God forbid us if we clickbait. We have catchy phrases and doctor picks, but lives don't line up with what we claim. Let's not be clickbait Christians. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. They will observe your good works and will glorify on the day he visits. Who are we preventing from seeing Jesus because of how we act? It's tight, man. Whew. So this, I tell a story about this man is traveling this long country road and he's starving. He is starving. And I mean, he's starving. And then he sees a sign and that sign says fresh produce. Melons, grapes, peaches, strawberries, home pies, cobblers, and puddings. Excited, he pulls over, and the gentleman, and there's an older gentleman sitting there in the, in the rocking chair. And the man who's driving has cash, and he has a hungry belly. He's drooling all over the place. He's ready, and he goes up to the man, and then he says, he drops cash on the, on the um, counter, and he rattles off, I want grapes, I want peaches, I want melons, I want strawberries, give me two pies and one cobbler. I'm starving. The man without breaking strive says, I don't have any of that. So the guy, a little confused, okay, what do you have? Nothing, the old man says. The man is disappointed. He said, He's almost in tears and he's a little confused. I've been driving all night. I'm hungry. And through a broken, trembling voice, he says, if you don't have the goods, take down the sign. Stop saying you a Christian when you don't act like one. Because you are making it harder for others who are. Many times it's not that the world is rejecting Jesus. They are rejecting us. The world doesn't hate us because we resemble Jesus. They hate some of us because we don't. And oftentimes, Tim, what I'm realizing is that the tenets and the ethic and the morality of Jesus people embrace. And that's why Paul, Peter says, put, all, put away all malice. Remember First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 1, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. My prayer is, is, is what I think Peter is admonishing us, is don't let our behavior be the thing that turns people away from our faith. So he's talking to us about submission. Why do we submit to authority? Point number one, the world is watching. He says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify you on the day that he visits. When the Holy Spirit convicts and draws many to him, may our behavior give the Holy Spirit an amen. That they see the change that's in us. So let's not catfish the world. Let's not be clipbait. Let's be the people that God has called us to be. And let's walk this thing out. Now it's not about perfection. No, but it is about being perfected. 
verse number 13. Submit to every human authority. Why? Because of the Lord. Point number two. We are submitting to every human authority because of the Lord. We are ambassadors. And although we are to live as strangers and we are citizens of another kingdom, our conduct, our behavior represents Christ. And our relationship with people and the government is one way that we represent him. But pastor, wait, 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 wait. What about laws that, that uh, conflict with my faith? Hmm, I'm glad that you asked. I wasn't prepared for that. Daniel chapter 1, he refused to eat the king's meat, but he still served and honored the king. He didn't rebel or embarrass the officials in charge. He stood his ground according to his faith, and this is how we glorify God. There are laws that we don't agree with, but we can still bring honor to God and the king. When Peter and the others were told not to preach Jesus, they didn't rebel or storm the capital. How did that get in there? It's odd. Um, they, didn't hur- they didn't hurl insults or become disrespectful. They never denied the Jewish council's authority or say it was illegitimate. They still showed respect, although the authority were never under, even though the authority that they were under rejected the gospel. So we can disagree with laws and still respect the office of the emperor, the president, the governor, the mayor, the secretary of health, even if we do not agree with their values, beliefs, or faith, we still can honor and respect the office. Submit to every human authority. He is saying this. Peter is saying submit to every human authority. Understand that's just not your preference. We don't use aggressive or threatening language no matter who is in office. So in order for us to meet as a church, we had to pass some zoning requirements. Um, and each year, uh, around about the same time, the fire marshal comes and he makes sure that the exits are improper and makes sure that those, everything is up to par. He's not preventing us from having service. He just, his job is to make sure we're safe. So laws are not, uh, laws, some laws are not determining whether we can meet or not. It's the law of the land. And because we live as strangers and exiles, we submit to authority. Yeah. Non-believers, those who dis- with, dis- disagree with us and those who are hostile towards us, the ex- the righteous politician, the not-so-righteous one, the boss that tried to literally set you up. We honor everyone. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's tight. Verse number 15, for it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. People talk about you, yeah, but they talk about you because you're doing bad. You can silence them by doing good. 
Submit. That's a, oh man, he keeps using this word, submit. Must be important. Oh well. Submit as free people, not using your freedoms as a cover up for evil. Pastor Ramon, I don't have time to speak on that. But as God's slaves. So Christ makes us free. I want you to remember that. So we submit and live as servants because we are first submitted to Christ. And there will be times uh, we must forfeit our privileges for the sake of others. Selah. There will be times we must forfeit our privileges for the sake of others. There are times that we have to forfeit our comfort for the sake of others. There are times we must forfeit, forfeit, forfeit our preferences for the sake of others. There are times when loving our neighbors may mean sacrificing on our part. Well, that's so un-American of you. Despite politics or practices, we respect the position because it's God-ordained. And it is in our nature to notice what's wrong and to seek to correct it. So our cry for justice is a characteristic of God. But that's not anything special to believers. The world knows when there's injustice. What makes believers different is the how and the means. So we see the transformation even in Peter. Uh, Peter is, is writing us, telling us to submit to authority. Hey, Peter, we got receipts on you. What you talking about, Peter? Well, when the, when the Jewish council came to arrest Jesus, Jesus submitted to authority. Jesus was like this. Peter took out his sword and cut an ear out. What about that, Peter? Peter is being transformed. Now, very eyes, man. Peter's the same guy that now is speaking about submission and surrendering. And now he's displaying the gentleness of grace and explaining the purpose of suffering. You don't know suffering until you start to see the context in which Peter is writing. The emperor was Nero. Now, Nero was a disgusting human being. Man. Nero, um, Nero, man, where do you start? Man, Nero was just, man, look, man. Okay, so Nero uh, didn't like, uh, well, he, it's not that he liked or hated the Christians. Uh, he, he, he was just used whomever, whatever for his purposes. And um, um, he, he, he wanted, he burned, he burned Rome. He set Rome on fire, blamed it on the Christians. And, and, and so during the night to light up the city, uh, he... Uh, um, smothered some Christians in wax and used them as candles. Um, he, he sewed the skin. He sewn 
uh, uh, he sewn the, the, the skins of Christians with wild animals and just ran the wild animals through the city. And, and Peter said, submit to that. I know that's right. You're asking too much. Um, so Christians don't have a monopoly on ethics, and many philosophers of their day had a quote-unquote good moral ethic. Um, it sh- so it, sh- it shouldn't come to a surprise with us that some religions um, have good ethics and how to be a good citizen, um, how to make you better wives and stuff like that, or better husbands. But it's important to note here uh, that we're sinners, and sinners don't need an example. Sinners need saving. And the Christian ethos, the Christian ethic is centered around the person of Jesus Christ. So reducing this to behavior or just an ethic is dangerous. We must be saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is more than just an example for us to follow, but the Savior in whom we trust. And that's how we're able to submit and to serve. It's very important to understand this, that this is not just behavioral modification. This is the transforming of a person's heart under the will and unction of the Holy Spirit to use, even if it's to our lot to suffer, all for the glory of God. This is not something that you just do. This is something of, of our being. So the first thing that we are do, that we are wired to do, is when we hear this word, the first thing pops up in our minds is just to do. But let's take a step back into the scriptures, because when you are merely doing, obstacles can come, and you have to have that eternal resolve to, to preserve you beyond yourself. In other words, what happens when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired? You rely on your own strength. And so what Peter is reminding us that eternity is at stake. And servants of the Most High, we must recognize that we are ambassadors for the king, but live as strangers here until he returns. So they understand what they do plays out in so many different areas of their life. And, if, and it's either strengthening their weakness the witness, or it weakens their witness. So whatever, however I respond, it's either going to strengthen. Now, again, we sprinkle all of this with grace because in our own strength, we can't do this. But thank God for Jesus. So Peter chapter 1 walks us through our first relationship, and our first relationship must be with God. And Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith and salvation. Jesus is the cornerstone, so the living stone. And we, in his relationship with him, in our relationship with him, and then we move into our relationship with others, the world around us, the government. And then we hit 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to do good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if because of consciousness of God... Um, someone endures grief from serving, suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, nor, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. 
when he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having, that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Now, contextually, this sounds like uh, Peter is endorsing slavery. He's not. There's a deeper dive. And we have the benefit of history. Um, and this verse and several others um, not only was used to endorse um, um, modern slavery, um, but to keep it the enslaved in line with scriptures. So we read this and we think antebellum just before the Civil War or chattel slavery in which the enslaved people had no legal rights, primarily based on race, cruel and uh, inhumane um, um, conditions. But that's not what Peter is referring to in this particular word. The, the Greek word here is doulos and can mean servant or bond servant. In the first century, most of these individuals were not slaves in the sense that we think of it. And certainly most wasn't born into it and, or in it their whole life. And even still, it wasn't because of race. So let's understand something, that God, even if it, God permits it, it doesn't mean he endorses it. Um, even with this understanding in the contextual uh, meaning behind this particular verse, slavery still perverts God's created purpose for, the hu- for human beings. And, but Peter is saying, in spite of, uh, you still can bring honor to God. In this sense, it's still hard to fathom or to accept, but we must consider the whole counsel of God. Peter is suffering alongside them. So he is not acting as their oppressor. He's not acting as the one who is actually enslaving, but he's offering Christ as the remedy. Peter is writing from a different perspective and focus. Peter is focused on the heart of Christians, the believer, and their relationship with God. So point number three, don't allow your position to determine your posture. Peter's focus is the heart the transformation of the person within society. Personal transformation can lead to structural changes in society. Our obedience to Christ transforms us. The brokenness of the world can only be healed with the changing of the heart. So we don't have to deny that the system is broken. We actually are, when we say that the system is not broken, we're actually denying that the world is broken. We understand that the world is broken, and so the systems from the world are also broken. The system is broken by default. But oftentimes, it's just um, how, oftentimes we can't see how broken a system is when we are on the side that benefit from it. Um, I remember I used to be a juvenile probation officer and I used to work downtown um, uh, Charlotte. And now from a small town boy, um, seeing kids shoot up in houses and stuff like that was a news thing for me. What? And so there was a, it was a culture shock. I remember scheduling appointments for parents at 10 o'clock in the morning. And a lot of the parents would be late and they would be so frustrated and angry. And I'm just like, it is what it is. 
until I realized in order for them to make a 10 o'clock meeting, they had to start their day at 7.30 because they took public transit. And so they're already um, scraping at the bottom of the financial pot. And, and so one 10 o'clock meeting will cause them to miss an entire day at work. And when I start seeing, the, the, now remember, I'm from a small town. I'm, I'm driving into downtown and I'm, I'm paying for parking and, and it's my job to meet with these families and blah, blah, blah. And so we were making appointments around our schedule. And we were not aware of taking three buses to get to standing in the rain and get to a 10 o'clock meeting that lasts for an hour and a half. And then they had to take four buses to get back home and then miss our entire day of work. But when you don't see that part of the system, then you can judge the person that's trying to manage it. So I start realizing and God started stripping me of this context of this small town kid coming to the big city of Charlotte and never having to use public transit. And so we have to be careful that just because you don't see the entire system or that is not your experience, that you judge the entire system based on your experience. So let's be careful not to speak about systems when you haven't experienced it for yourself. Many of us can literally jump in the car and get to the next thing. But not everyone has what you see as a right and they see for you as a privilege or a luxury. So although we are not experiencing a form of slavery that Peter is referring to, we do understand what it means to work for someone. And many of us serve masters that, quite frankly, we don't like. When was the last time you had an encouraging meeting? at the water cooler around your supervisor. And a hush fell over the crowd for a span of an hour. And we may have unfavorable opinions of their competency or their work ethic or decisions they make, but we must still make sure our posture, our hearts towards them are right. When was the last time you said, if I was the supervisor, but you're not. So what you gonna do, not supervisor? <laughs> you're gonna bring honor and respect and we're gonna submit to authority. Why? For it brings, verse number 19, for it brings favor. If because of, the con of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. Now, again, we're talking about um, suffering in a relative sense. We're talking about suffering, not like these first century Christians. The, 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 you talked on Monday all throughout. It was a fun day. And then Tuesday coming, you're behind because you talked all Monday. That's not persecution. <laughs> That's not. You start a thing and then you Google. That's not persecution. So when the boss says, hey, those reports were due Wednesday, I can't keep doing this. That's not, that's not suffering. So let's put it in its proper perspective. The awareness of God, consciousness should lead to godly actions. You got a choice. Are you going to have the spirit of retaliation or redemption? You want to be reconciled 
We want to be heard. We make those decisions in lieu of the kingdom through the lens of the Spirit. Peter is not saying that we are to simply remain passive and not get involved in the area of justice. No, that's not what he's saying. But we are to give careful consideration of our response because we should never lose sight of who Jesus is, his instructions, who we are, and our responsibility. Remember from last week, our identity determines our responsibility. Verse number 21, for you were called to this. Mm. Could it be that work that you're doing right now with all them folks that don't, I mean, you feel like you're working for six people. You're the only one to show up. And when you show up, you're the only one working. But you called to this. <laughs> Somebody said, uh-uh. <laughs> the devil is a liar, Reverend. <laughs> for you are called to this because Christ also suffered for you, mm. leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Remember, he constantly reminds us of who Jesus is and who we are. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Stop these fake social media wars. You feel like, you feel like out of 5,000 friends, this one particular friend is talking to you. You got to clap back. I got to respond because I know they talk. Man, when he was insulted, he did not insult in return. Let things go. And this is my last three points based on um, verse, tap, verse, number tw- uh, verse number 21. One reason that we, are, we can submit to Christ it's because the first reason is he's our suffering servant. Remember verse number 21, for you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you. So Christ proved that a person could be, I want you to hear this. Christ proved that a person can be in the will of God, completely surrendered to the will of God, greatly loved by God, and still suffer. The cross reminds us, he who did not have any sins suffered and was loved by God. And for those who claim that believers are not to experience suffering, their theology doesn't run deep. All that Jesus did is found in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he is our example of how to live and how to endure. Jesus, on the night he would be betrayed, washed his disciples' feet. He was a suffering servant. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And so he 
In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ is our suffering servant. Verse 22, he did not commit sin. Think about that. Verse 24, he bore, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Not only is he a suffering servant, he's a sinless substitute. Jesus, the spotless lamb, didn't know any sin, became the substitute for you and I so that we can enjoy and endure such as he did. John first and 20, John 1 and 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when we look in, etern- in, in, in terms of eternity, this present suffering pales in comparison to the joy that's coming. Verse number 25, for you are like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That word overseer is like watchman because sheep have a tendency to wander. Be honest. So he's not only the suffering servant, the sinless substitute, he's the shepherd and watchman of our souls. We were going like sheep. And we were wandering, we were lost, we were confused, and we was walking away from the comfort of the shepherd. But when he revealed himself to us, not only did he realize his love for us, but he gave us his spirit. John chapter 10, verse 11, he says to us, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Those hired hands, <laughs> since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he leaves them and runs away when trouble comes. When he sees a wolf, the wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. Thank God Jesus cares about us. He reminds us in verse number 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own knows me. Just as the father's, and just as the father knows me, and I know the father, I lay down, watch this. I lay down my life for the sheep. And even when he's talking to a Jewish audience, he says, But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also. He's talking about us. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. And then there will be one flock, one shepherd. I just want, you, I just want to keep reading this and let it minister to you. And this is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. 
And I have the right to lay it down and have the right to take it up again. Man, he, boy, he, mm. See, I received this command from my father. I want to leave you with this. The world may be watching us, but the good shepherd is watching over us. And that's why we can surrender when suffering. That's why we can submit. And that's why we can surrender when suffering happens. Because although the world may be uh, watching how we behave and how we respond, it's Jesus that's watching over us. And I am grateful that we can ever go too far from him because he says, I'm going to stop the wolf from coming and, and I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. The question is, do you know him? Do you know him to be a suffering servant? The thought of not robbery, to leave glory, to be encased in flesh. That's why we suffer. We suffer with hope. The pain is real. You never see Peter dismissing the suffering of God's people. The only thing Peter does is put it in his proper perspective. That whatever you lose on this side, whatever you struggle with on this, see the hope is not, I say this all the time, even if the Lord heals us of our diseases, we still gonna die. But he has overcome death. That's the great equalizer. We have a short amount of time and then we're gone and that's it. No, we live with hope. And that's why even when we suffer, even when we have questions and, and our hearts are broken. And there's unrighteous uh, masters that's lording over us. Some of us are trying to fit into places that God has called us to take over. Not from a, a sense of entitlement, but I, had to, I mean, I, I, I speak life over my job. Lord, what purpose have you, why did you place me in this particular job, in this particular season of my life? There must be a greater purpose. But if when you don't look through the lens of eternity, temporary stuff becomes real and it becomes your focus. I look at my, my sons. We had one September 22nd, 2001. We blinked. The dude was going to kindergarten. We took a nap. And now he's at UNC Charlotte. Did we steward him well? Because you only have a small amount of time. What would have happened if we looked through the eyes of eternity and we start seeing whatever our areas of influence, whether it's media, whether it's our children, whether it's our marriage, and we start seeing it through the eyes of eternity. And we start asking simple questions. Lord, what do you want me to do with my marriage? How can my marriage glorify God and bring 
and show the world that you can be married for 22 years to the same woman and love and grow. That, that single moms can still be effective parents. That we teach our kids how to steward the little finances that we have, not so we can acquire more stuff, but we can bring glory to God. What if the Lord tells us to move and go X, Y, Z? God forbid it's our credit that stops us from being able to fulfill the purpose of God. It's living fully. And that's how we live ready. That no matter what comes our way, no matter what challenges we face, I'm ready. Not because in my own strength or my own wisdom or my ability, it's because I've seen several weeks ago and tasted how good God is. So if he sends me to it, if he puts me through it, it's all for his glory. And I will be able to tell the story of how he redeemed us. How I made mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. And now some of us live with the guilt of those mistakes, but God restores. How is the world going to know how to deal with suffering if the saints don't tell the story? He redeems. He redeems. It's not the pain just for pain's sake. But how does he take and make all things? You mean my divorce can be used to glorify God? Do you mean the mistakes that I made can be used to glorify? How? That's what Peter is trying to show. The world is watching. And it's not the pressure to perform for the world. He leaves us with, but Jesus is watching over us. He knows the road I should travel. Even when I don't travel it. He's working behind the scenes. A great message from Pastor Antoine from the Live Ready series. We must remember that the world is watching and to never allow our position to determine our posture. If you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. We want to thank you to all of our new friends, now family of Think Kingdom. And if you haven't, Go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back, hear this message, so much more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.